Cover two. Welcome, everybody, to the Cover 2 Fantasy Football Podcast. Yes, we are back for another episode. I'm here, like always, my man, Hooman. How's it going, Hooman? Hey, it's going really well, Will. We just wrapped up watching the NFL Draft. Uh, We had a fun little viewing party with that on Thursday night. And uh, it was a pretty exciting first round, don't you think? It was. It was interesting, obviously, with the different little trades and how far uh, Devontae Smith fell, which we'll talk about later on in this podcast but uh want to let everyone know that we are now uh not only on apple podcast but we're also on google play and on spotify so come and check us out and give us a download and a like go click all the buttons subscribe share rate click every single button you possibly can definitely uh so let's go ahead and talk about the draft and what we want to do for you today is just kind of go through this first round and touch on some of the skill position players and their landing spots and what type of fantasy impact that's going to have on the upcoming season. So, Will, uh, let's start. We had a uh, we had three quarterbacks go in the first three picks. Trevor Lawrence went to the Jaguars at number one. Zach Wilson, like we thought, was going to the Jets at number two. And then uh, there was a little bit of a surprise there with uh, Trey Lance ending up in San Francisco. There was a lot of talk of possibly Mac Jones or Justin Fields, but it was Trey Lance. So let's, let's focus on these three quarterbacks first here let's let's talk about trevor lawrence first um i think he's going to be a big upgrade for those wide receivers that are there you're talking about dj chark uh lavisca chenault and uh i believe they brought in marvin jones jr yep yeah so i think that's a big upgrade for those receivers um what do you think about his fantasy value of these three quarterbacks which one do you think is probably going to give us the best fantasy value this year well, I, I agree with you. It's that Trevor Lawrence, just because, you know, I do think that uh, Wilson could start game one. I know Trevor Lawrence is starting game one. I know right. what they're going to do right away um, in Jacksonville. So he is my number one when it comes to fantasy value for any of the quarterbacks because you don't really have to guess with him. He's going to start, and they're going to be down. And I think that they're going to have to throw the ball a lot. And as you talked and and touched on, you know, DJ Chark, um, Marvin Jones Jr. And then, of course, you now have, you know, we'll talk about him about Travis Etienne is in the backfield to catch screens and things like that. And then you can't forget about, um, you know, you can't forget about the running back as well. I just lost his name. James Robinson. There it is. James Robinson as well, because they're going to have a dynamic backfield. Well, that's going to that's gonna bring us to a whole other conversation once we get down there to ETN. But let's go ahead and, uh, since you went ahead and mentioned him, let's go ahead and move Justin Fields into this category. He dropped to the 11th pick. Uh, I believe it was Dallas. That was No, I'm sorry, the Giants that were sitting there, and the Bears traded up. And uh, as soon as the Bears traded up, I think I, I screamed it out at the place that we were at that it was going to be Justin Fields right there. Uh, let's talk about that, though, because you mentioned – Trevor Lawrence probably having the greatest fantasy return this year. Whereas I think, yeah, I think Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback in this draft, but I think Justin Fields actually is probably going to be the quarterback that if you're looking to kind of set yourself up to maybe try to find someone that can bring you the same type of return that a Kyler Murray did, or uh, even maybe, you know, three quarters of what Lamar Jackson did his one season. I think Justin Fields might be that guy because 
are we sure that he's going to start? Likely. I, th- I think he will end up starting from day one. If not, it will be really soon. And then once he gets in there, I think he's dynamic enough with the playmakers that they have there and his use of his feet that I, I think he will maybe be a better investment for fantasy return this year. Well, that's interesting because, again, I'm going off of who's going to start right away. And I do think um, I do think that you're right that he's brought in as far as when they moved up to, to go get him that uh, Fields is brought in to possibly start. But they do have two quarterbacks there already um, in uh, Foles and, of course, in Andy Dalton that are both veteran starters that I feel like they might start them, one of them, and then they might go to Fields game four, game five, depending on how the season's going, and see what they're going to do from there. I don't think that's a great idea. If I was a Bears fan, I would want Fields to start right away. And if you're talking about dynasty, picking up that one person, I might go Fields over Lawrence because I do think that he has the ability, like we've talked about with his legs, to make things happen and to be a better pick going forward. Yeah, that, that's where my thinking is at on that. Uh, so let's go ahead and move on to the fourth pick. That was Kyle Pitts, as expected. Uh, we know your man crush on Kyle Pitts, and I, I feel similarly. I think he's going to have a really strong season with Atlanta. I think he ended up in a pretty good position as far as getting a quarterback that does like to use the tight end. I I just think there's a problem there with a lot of mouths to feed. Uh, we do know that Atlanta falls behind. They need to throw the ball, and that's what their offense is more most suited for is throwing the ball. And they I they didn't really get anyone that could supplant uh, Mike Davis as the running back and someone that could really take a heavy load off them. So. You know, I'm looking that they will be throwing the ball a lot. I just, you got Julio Jones, who may or may not be there come the start of the season. You got Calvin Ridley. I I just don't know if the extreme volume is going to be there for Pitts in Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, I think that actually the person that got hurt the most, even though they didn't get a guy in the draft, uh, is Mike Davis within this offense because they're going to be throwing the ball, I feel like, a lot more. You mentioned all the weapons that they already have. If does Jones does return um and is as good as he has been um but i do see if you look at the stats of hayden hurst hayden hurst had 88 targets last season you know will they split some it's a strong possibility but i do see that Pitts and him could be on the field at the same time maybe move him to the slot every once in a while uh, or play a two tight end set and then of course the touchdowns you know he had what was it? i think it was 13 touchdowns in 11 games in college granted it's college but Going forward, Hayden Hurst had six touchdowns last year. He could steal some touchdowns, especially from Ridley and those guys, and become more fantasy value. But, I I mean, if you look at the tight end market that it is, he is a great find at tight end after the top three. Yeah, I'm going to be really curious to see what his ADP is going to be because you do have the top three tight ends. And I'm, as far as with the Pitts value, I think, people are going to be all in on them on him because they are so desperate to get another tight end in the game that brings value back that I think that's going to inflate his ADP where I'm out on that as far as him being you know anywhere above a in a redraft league anywhere above an eighth round pick I I think I, I'd be out on that it, it is a risk it definitely is a risk 
Um, and it's just about how your draft flows, I think. You know, where the wide receivers go. If, if there's a run on wide receivers and, of course, tight ends and you just need a pass catcher, he's a great find. Yeah. So that goes – that takes us over to the next skill positions, which happen to be three wide receivers at 5, 6, and 10. That was Jamar Chase to the Bengals, Jalen Waddle to the Dolphins, and Devonta Smith to the Eagles. Uh, I think this kind of played out in a way that a lot of people thought <clears> – <throat> excuse me, a lot of people thought, you know, Cincinnati was going to go ahead and take Jamar Chase. And we can actually call this – I wish we had the sound drop, and maybe you can play, probably plug it in, but this is the uh, – reunited and it feels so good set of picks here because we got jamar chase reunited with joe burrow jalen waddle reunited with tua tonga viola and devonta smith reunited with jalen hurts these receivers all caught passes from these quarterbacks in college so that's always a plus because you've got someone you're familiar with that you already have that built-in chemistry with uh i think of these three picks Oddly enough, Jamar Chase worries me the most as far as fantasy value because I don't think Cincinnati did enough to fix the offensive line. They did draft an offensive lineman in the second round. Uh, I think that line is – I don't know if it's going to hold up well enough to, you know, for Jamar to give the return back that's necessary. Um, and with Waddle, I think he's a great fit for the Dolphins – I think he's going to give them that speed down the field along with Fuller on the other side. And then you got uh, Devontae Parker and Preston Williams. I, I just think there's a lot of uh, weapons there that I think Waddle will be good for the big splash plays, but I don't know if he's going to be that high PPR guy. And then that brings us to, to Devonta Smith, where he ended up in a spot where I'm super happy about because he's going to up the value of Jalen Hurts and – I think he's going to be someone that can get high PPR in Philadelphia. Uh, what they've got coming back is Travis Fulgham and Jalen Rager. I I mean, Fulgham had a good season, but he's not Devonta Smith. So of those three in that order, in those positions, I think Devonta Smith is the one that I would be targeting in the, in the drafts this year. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, we also forgot about Terrence Marshall Jr. as a, as a reunited with his offensive coordinator, you know, back at LSU. So, you know, a lot of reunited people going on this uh, uh, wide receiver draft. But I can go on with a lot of what you're saying. My only issue with uh, Devontae Smith in that pick is I do think that they're going to use him a lot. And from Jalen Hurts' stats, he his average throw was like 9.7 yards. It was always under 10 yards, which is, I think, Devontae Smith catch and go kind of thing. Uh, but they do have Mike Ward there, who was a kind of fast guy. Greg, Greg Ward, Greg Ward. Greg Ward, thank you. Uh, but they, they do have a guy like him that is just, you know, speedster as well. I don't know how Travis Fulgram fits in that offense anymore, even after all the stuff that he did last season and last year. Um, so... I want to see how that plays out. I agree with you about Waddle. I think Waddle is more of a future pick. Uh, he'll play this year. He'll do well. Uh, but they've got so much on that um, wide receiver, um, you know, f with Fuller now there and everything else. It's going to be hard for him to get a lot of targets, I feel like. Um, and then you mentioned with uh, Joe Burrow running for his life, um, you know, how Chase is going to be effective with him. But um, I'm big on Joe Burrow, so he does need another – uh, weapon other than T Higgins. So I think that's a good pick for them out of the three. 
I am leaning more to Chase only because he is a secondary receiver in that offense. Where I think Smith is more of the 2-3 and he might not get as many targets with all the people that are there. Doesn't mean so, that he's not the better than those people. It just so means why don't there's a you, lot of why don't you rank? Why don't you rank those three for me? One, two, three. I would go Chase. I would go Smith. And then I'd go Waddle. And I'm close. I would go Smith. I'd go Chase. Then I'd go Waddle. Yeah. All right, so let's go on to our next skill position player, which was at number 15. The New England Patriots got to sit still, and they didn't have to give up any draft capital and ended up with one of the quarterbacks. Uh, he fell right into their lap, and that's Mac Jones. Um, I got a feeling he's going to be starting pretty soon. Uh, I think it's going to be a positive for the receiving positions on that team for fantasy value. It's bigger positive than anything cam newton would be as far as receiving options go so i think it helps elevate the receiving options there uh, i don't know if mac jones himself is going to provide any fantasy value though i agree with you i mean it's all about what cam does at the very beginning that will affect mac jones but looking at mac jones when he came out he was pumped not only probably to be drafted by the Patriots because he knows he has an opportunity to start soon, sooner than later. But at the same time, I feel like he felt a big chip on his shoulder. You guys didn't want to come after me. And so I think he's going to go out there and try to prove something. So I do like Mac Jones um, going out there. I think he wants to show why the Niners should have taken him instead of Trey Lance. Yeah, no, we'll just see how that all unfolds as the year goes. Uh, so then our next skill position player for fantasy value was at number 20 to the New York Giants, and that was Kadarius Toney. And this was a little bit of a surprise. I There were a couple guys on the board, like Rashad Bateman and Elijah Moore, that I thought could have gone ahead of Toney. Um, I think it was a strange pick for the Giants. I don't know if wide receiver, especially at the 20th, because they did trade down. I think they were they had their eyes probably set on one of those big three receivers, and once they saw that, Devonta Smith was no longer an option. They went ahead and traded out. I think the Philly did the right thing by taking them there, and that forced the Giants to go ahead and trade down, and they took a receiver that could fill in. I don't think Tony's going to be a huge fantasy return this year, maybe a few years down the road. They've already got some pieces there. They brought in, you know, they paid Galladay a whole ton to come in. They've got Slayton. They've got Shepard. I think Tony's going to be kind of like a Swiss Army knife for them. Maybe line him up behind the line of scrimmage. Lots of screen passes. Uh, he could break those off, and he could. I mean, I guess you could keep an eye on him to see if you know they're they're using him. He is able to break some off there and maybe use as a flex position. But other than that, I think he's a good fit for the Giants' offense. I just don't think he's a fit for fantasy. No, I agree with you. I, f I feel like they almost drafted Shepard's replacement, right? That they were thinking about maybe Shepard's not going to be back next year slash he won't be back the following year. And so they were just kind of like, we're going to get somebody in. So I agree with you. I don't know that pick is important. I might have gone with a Bateman on that pick because it would have been him and Galladay going deep. Um, you know, with Slayton, could play more of the slot with Shepard. So I don't know. It was, it was a very strange pick to me. Yeah, I, I found it. Pretty odd. Um, so let's go ahead and move on from it. And that brings us up to our next two, which we had back-to-back -back running backs go at 24 and 25. And we did have Najee Harris go to the Pittsburgh Steelers and Travis Etienne to the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
couple things I want to talk about here. One, uh, let's talk about some positives here. I think Najee Harris with the Pittsburgh Steelers is probably a match made in heaven. I think that's quite possibly, no spoiler here, uh, one of the best uh, fantasy picks in this draft. Najee Harris is coming in there. There was an exodus at you know in that position. All they've got really is Benny Snell. James Conner's gone. I, I think Najee Harris is going to start from day one. I think he's going to get the volume. Uh, I think I even talked about this a little bit, and I think I may have I, don't, I may have been on the show or it may have been just with you when I talked about uh, Najee Harris possibly going to Pittsburgh and the fantasy ramifications that that could have if that happened and that it wouldn't be an instant fix to their running game because that offensive line is still a little bit banged up, but he's going to be getting tons of volume and he's got the talent. He's got, he's going to get the opportunity. And to me, that's one of the biggest things in fantasy. And I could see him in dynasty leagues in rookie drafts, maybe being the one Oh one or the one Oh two pick based on that alone. Moving yeah. on to Travis Etienne. Uh, I've got some issue with this because I think it's a great fit for Jacksonville. I think, you know, it helps, like you mentioned, having him teamed up with Trevor Lawrence. I think he's going to be a great fit in Urban Meyer's offense. He loves speed, and that's what Travis Etienne has. I just, that moment that pick came through, I cried a little bit of tears for every single James Robinson owner out there because that was the end of the James Robinson fantasy hype train. It came to a crushing stop right there because James Robinson had some unprecedented uh, volume in that offense. His market share of the offense was insane as far as the carries. He was in the 90-plus percent category, and Travis Etienne is going to absolutely kill that. Uh, We'll see how it works out with him there, but of the two, Najee Harris for me all day, every day. Well, I, I totally agree, a hundred percent. We you know that's my my one pick. That if you're talking about fantasy value, he is it because he's allowing you to play. He's going to play all three downs. I mean, that's basically what he's going to do. If they do have Snell. You said they they picked up Balage, but again, they're they're not taking him out. He's definitely playing at least the first two downs, probably all three, with his ability to catch the ball. And I am not a fan of the ETN move for Jacksonville in that you have James Robinson. It's this whole thing with, you know, they try to do in the Packers where they were drafting his replacement before the replacement is needed. And James Robinson was a rookie last year. Now you got a rookie running back and a second year running back fighting for carries. It's just going to be a huge share and you just never know who's going to have the the game each and every week. Um, And I just don't know how they'll work together. They say they're going to be on the field together. Some people are saying that they, they'll have plays where they're on the field together. I just I don't see that happening. So I feel like, just like you said, it just kills both of their fantasy value going into the next year. Yeah, and I, I, mean, I get the pick from an NFL standpoint because it's adding a weapon. It's And also, I mean, it is Urban Meyer's type of player. He is the type of coach that comes in there and he puts a stamp on every aspect of the teams that he comes in on. And while James Robinson had an outstanding year as an undrafted free agent, rookie free agent, he is not an Urban Meyer type of player. He doesn't have that speed. He's a good running back. He doesn't have that lightning quick speed that Meyer wants. And I guess we'll see how it works out because Etienne is a great receiver. So maybe there's some slot 
coming in his future. Maybe they'll go with a dual back set. I don't see it really happening. Maybe with some of the RPOs, I can see that. But I guess that's something that time will tell. Um, if you are a James Robinson owner and you're going to have him as your keeper in a keeper league or dynasty league, oh uh, man, I would pass on that now. I would let him go and maybe try to draft him late. Uh, if you're in a dynasty dynasty league and you've got him, try to get some value for him now before the you know camp reports start coming out. Uh, let's go ahead and move on. Our next one was Rashad Bateman. I believe this is our last skill position player of the first round. It is Rashad Bateman to the Baltimore Ravens at number 27. Definitely a position of need. And I just talked about James Robinson owners crying whenever uh, he got drafted to the, when Travis Etienne got drafted to the Jaguars. I think Rashad Bateman might have cried a little bit being drafted to the Baltimore Ravens knowing that he's going to an offense that not a single free agent wide receiver even wanted to go to. Uh, it's not known for its, you know, passing down ability. And I think he's a great wide receiver and he could be what helps that Ravens offense maybe make that transition to a more of a pass heavy offense, but I just don't see it happening. Yeah. And I mean, I do like the Ravens side of it because they don't have a really big tall receiver and that's what he is. Um, and, you know, with Brown, Hollywood Brown there and him, it gives them a more of a one-two normal punch when it comes to an NFL wide receiving core. Um, so it's possible that they might be able to use him a little bit more than they use uh, Andrews in the red zone. So that might be helpful. It might be a downgrade for Andrews' value going forward because they now have a taller receiver in the end zone. Uh, but it's just going to be about him, I think. You know, he's going to have to make it work. And I think, it would, like you said, it's not that system that wide receivers really want to go to. Yeah, I think Bateman's one of those guys where you love the talent, but the I don't know if he's going to have a whole lot of opportunity. He might be worth a really late-round draft pick just to see, just a stash and to see if he pans out or if he ends up being a good go-to target for Lamar Jackson. Uh, so those are our first-round picks, Will. Uh, let's go ahead and... Uh, get into a little bit of a different segment here. Sure. Uh, so basically I want to know who, and who would you pick from the people that we talked about today? Who are the people, who is the, the different skill positions that you're excited about for this fantasy season? One person that you would pick for this fantasy year. Uh, I mean, I think it's pretty clear from what we talked about. I'm absolutely on board with Najee Harris. Uh, I, I think the opportunity is going to be through the roof for him. I think he's going to be in a good position. One of the big things that that went through my thought process is that when Lev Bell was, you know, in his prime there with Ben Roethlisberger, and this is Ben's last season, but we know that Ben does like to use the running back out of the backfield on passing downs also, and Najee Harris has that ability. Lev Bell was averaging somewhere upwards of around between 80 to 92 targets a season. Targets. That's that's as, as a running back. So aside from the running back workload Najee Harris is inheriting and getting into, he's going to get a lot of those passing down targets as well. So for PPR leagues, I, I, I don't think there's any other option that people should be targeting out there than Najee Harris. And – you know, we are on the same wavelength. We talked about it as well. I, I didn't even make a second person, I feel like, because I, I felt like Harris was the easiest choice uh, when it came to this just because 
you don't know what Trevor Lawrence of what he is. And, of course, quarterbacks, you know, they are all based upon sometimes the the team and how they go. But he's going to get the volume. He's going to get 20 to 25 carries a game. He's going to get some passes thrown to him. He is uh, this year's best fantasy value. Yeah, and I, I'm really curious to start seeing where Najee Harris's ADP is going to be because I kind of jokingly was talking about rookie drafts and being the 101 or the 102. I think he's easily going to be the 101 in rookie drafts um in redraft leagues ah man i think he's gonna be a late first round pick i think he's gonna be uh, let me ask you this would you rather have Najee harris or joe mixon well with that offensive line i know that both of them aren't that great but i think that pittsburgh's style of play i'd go with harris okay Najee harris or cam Akers. The way that they were playing Cam Akers late, I'd probably go Cam. Same. Uh, I think I would take Harris over Mixon. Trying to think of some of these late first-round projections here. James uh, Robinson? Not... <laughs> well, James Robinson isn't even – I don't think he's in the conversation anymore. No. Um, Najee Harris or Chris Carson? I'd probably go, I'd probably go Harris. Yeah. It's kind, of, it's kind of crazy to think about it when you start comping him to, to some of these other established – running backs out there huh great and you know the one running back that i wanted to touch on before we go i know he's he's a he was a second round or actually sorry he wasn't even second round he was like a fourth or fifth round and that's michael carter going to the jets that's an interesting place to go because of they just have coleman tevin coleman's there they have a couple other they have uh what's the other running back that's there they got michael p ryan which i think they're going to give a shot but i i know exactly what you're talking about here yeah, so, I mean, Carter's used to playing in a backfield that's crowded. I see him having uh, tremendous value late in the rounds that gives you the ability because you never know what happens with that Jets offense. Yeah, he's definitely someone that you'll probably be able to pick off the waiver wires after the draft, but it's definitely something you want to keep an eye on through the camps and see what kind of noise he's making. And similar to that, a, pers- a running back that was taken in the second round to the Denver Broncos, that's Javante Williams, his teammate at North Carolina. Uh, yeah, you've got Melvin Gordon in Denver, but they invested some pretty high draft capital in Javonta Williams. And in my opinion, I think we talked about this in the running back episode. Javonta Williams is as talented as Najee Harris. I, I think he could be a player when you look at him play that could end up being maybe the best running back in this draft, depending on where he ended up. And he ended up with a pretty good offensive line in Denver. Yeah. And I mean, I agree with you, you know, Melvin Gordon was, splitting time before everything that happened um and i just see them like you said you know they they now have the guy that they want i feel like gordon was a guy that got off uh trade slash you know free agency and now they got the guy that they think that's going to be their future so i think that he is going to play a lot more than um you know gordon this season possibly especially as the season goes forward yeah absolutely uh so will we're going to be looking at doing a, our first post NFL draft mock draft here pretty soon, right? Yeah, it's, well, that's our next episode. We're going to talk about, you know, who would you pick? Because we're going to play against each other again. And now we're going to have all the people in place. And um, so we will get that started for you in the next episode. Uh, and, you know, just to make sure, as we said before, we are now on Google Play. We are now on Spotify. And, of course, like always, on Apple Podcasts. So please give a like, a download, share it. And most importantly, subscribe. Oh, That's probably good as well.
But thank you guys so much for everything. Thanks for listening. You guys have a wonderful day. And cover two. Cover two.